This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer. It is a brand new week. It is Monday morning. We are getting things going and I am excited to be joined by a returning guest. You all know her as one of the co-founders of Betches Media, the host of Betches Sup and the Morning Announcements podcasts, and of course, a dedicated Bravo viewer. Please welcome back to the podcast, Sammy Sage. Hello. I'm so happy to be here again. You know, it's been... I have been doing a lot of I had basically like a straight Bravo weekend um because as you know I was catching up on my on my the seasons I've I've you know been behind on and you know I just feel like I'm back with my girls it's you know it's been great it it has been great it's a great time there's lots going on I you were just saying you we're catching up on Potomac and then Peacock does the autoplay thing. When you finish the last episode, it just chooses something. And suddenly now you're caught up on Miami as well. <laughs> I yeah, feel like that's exactly. the way to do it. <laughs> I had no plans this weekend. So Peacock, Peacock made them for me. But it's like, because I, I find it hard sometimes to stay online with the seasons, when, like on, on track with the seasons, especially when there's other things going on, like news wise, which is like more, you know, what I'm covering usually you know, as my job. Um, but when there's kind of a lull, I'm able to get into, you know, get into the Bravo world. And what I think really, I think every episode needs to start with a fight. Because if you, like, what really sucks me in is if I start watching a fight. Because sometimes the beginning of the episodes are, like, slow. You have them, like, packing for a trip. You have them in their closet. You have them meeting for for just, like, a dumb coffee. And I think that if an episode started in the middle of a fight, I would never, you know, I would never fall behind. Let me just say that. <laughs> I, yeah, the, there totally is that thing of the episode structure makes a big difference in like, there are some episodes where I'll be like, okay, 43 minutes is feeling kind of long. Like, we're, we're really only halfway through the episode. And there are some episodes where something happens at the beginning and I'm like, Okay, I'm 28 minutes in and I feel like fresh as a daisy. And That's the obviously best. I know, like 43 minutes is not that long of a time, but I also did you watch The Traders? Yes. Oh my god. Okay. Ugh. We, we don't it. have to we won't dwell on it, but I that was one of those want. shows where I kept like I would be like, okay, this cliffhanger really has me on the edge of my seat. I'm going to start the next episode just so I can see, you know, like who goes home, who gets in an argument, who votes for who. And then I'm 45 minutes into the episode. <laughs> yeah. My one gripe with the traders was that the challenges I felt were like a little too long each. And I would have preferred a little bit more uh, house talking for that. Um, yeah. But, you know, first season epic, you know, that is the new survivor to me. I hope they never end it. Yeah. I, I want to see more of like life in the castle. Um, yeah. Because I felt like they were very heavy on the editing in terms of like 
making it a competition show. And it's like, no, we can just watch them like hang out more. I'm down for that. You have personalities. Right. Well, I wonder if they want to limit the amount they actually hang out because the more they speak, it might get like revealed. Like that might screw stuff up Mm. for the storyline. So that's my only question is if maybe there's just like nothing else to show. You know, maybe okay. it's just yeah. boring, you know, Alan coming, please yeah. address these questions in a handwritten letter oh or God, come on the podcast. Come, please come on the podcast. Oh <laughs> Love Alan coming. Just so glad that he's, you know, getting his due in amongst, you know, our co- <laughs> the streaming cohort, let's call it. Exactly. Um, We before we get into what's currently happening on TV, I wanted to start the episode with this page six article that was dropped this morning written by Francesca Bacardi, uh, a good friend and always giving us the tea we need. Um, So here's the headline. I've read the headline to Sammy, but I have not shared any of the details of the article. So I'm curious to get your reaction. So it's Harry Hamlin spills the real reason why Lisa Rinna left RHOPH. And so you hear this headline, you're like, oh, did he do an interview about that? Was he like on a talk show or something? And it came up. Uh, no, page six, uh, their eagle-eyed sources uh, overheard him talking about this at the Sundance Film Festival on Saturday night. It literally says a page six spy overheard Hamlin telling a group of people during the Sundance Film Festival on Saturday that the Rinna Beauty founder, quote, might still be on the show. And he said the reason that she left is because viewers sided with Sutton in their feud over the Elton John gala tickets. Um, The eyewitness heard the Mad Men alum say, quote, Lisa had all the receipts from that night, but they never showed the receipts on the reunion. He said that they were actually invited to the gala by IMDB. Yeah, that was was verified. Not by Track. Yeah. After, after some, like, that was who they ultimately went with. Right. It was like the Amazon IMDB table or whatever. And Harry said, quote, she might still be on the show had Sutton not said that. Uh, She might still be on the show, but the audience believed Sutton. Do you, what is your knee-jerk reaction to the suggestion that this one feud was like the domino that led to Lisa Rinna leaving Housewives? Um, well, I'm disappointed that this wasn't about, you know, the sauce or something in some way. Um, that's what I thought. If that bitch Garcelle had said, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And the whole, the, all of the viewers would have sided with my wife. Okay. One thing that I do want to say is like, first of all, love that it was like an overheard. That's real journalism. (laughs) Let me say that. If you weren't at Sundance this weekend, you were in Dubai. I was in neither. Obviously I was with my Peacock streaming device. Um, but Okay, here's the thing. That's like Harry Hamlin, I believe, probably socializing, glad handing, glad handing, glad handing at like an industry event. This person overheard probably a snippet of the conversation. And like, yeah, I believe that he said that. And I believe that that's like the the defense he's offering to his peers. But I don't think that that one thing alone would have gotten Rinna off the show. I think that partially, I think one of the real, like, the final straw for Rinna being off the show was her own social media behavior outside of filming. I think that if she had been silent on social media and hadn't gone on, like, rant after rant and, like, stirred the pot constantly in real life, I think that she wouldn't have given off this, like, okay, enough of her type of 
energy mm-hmm. that she kept personally extending. And I think that's kind of the real reason she's off the show. But I do also think that there's a strong chance that they will have her come back in two seasons. Mm. Yeah, I think kind of what you're getting at with the social media behavior is there's sort of a fine line between somebody who is fun to hate on the show and somebody who in real life crosses over into the territory of we just don't like you and we actually don't want to see it play out on TV anymore. And I think Lisa had always been kind of in that you know, danger zone a little bit of her behavior on the show can be really hard to stomach, but you can't deny that she gives us plot, storyline, moments, uh, drama, whatever, and that's important. And this year it felt like there was finally kind of a crossing of the line into just like, oh yeah, and this isn't fun. And I think with with all the Diana stuff and her being so hardcore riding for Diana and her being, you know, sort of terrible to Garcelle and, you know, the stuff happened with Sutton, obviously. And then kind of the fumbling of the bag with the whole Kathy situation in Aspen, like it just was kind of all of these factors that made it not fun to have her as the villain anymore. And so it's like, okay, maybe... Maybe the viewers siding with Sutton was an important signifier of that something had changed. But like, it's not like that was like the reason that she's not on the show anymore. Viewers have sided against Lisa uh, Lisa Rinna a number of times. That's the point of the show that viewers side against or for certain people. Usually, you, you know, and obviously even when there's like a huge difference, that doesn't necessarily mean that the person will be off the show because it's not an elimination show. It's also about the the show of it uh, itself. Like I'm sure that they have internal information about people's reactions to Lisa Rinna. And it wasn't only like um, – it was not only just so much for no reason. And thank you for that review of all the things she screwed up because I honestly forgot them. Um <laughs> But yeah, there were so many things where it just seemed like this is not enjoyable. We don't endorse this person. We don't want to co-sign this person being on the show. And it had become unsavory on a number of levels. And I would say Garcelle is is definitely like one of those examples where it was just like you kind of see the true colors of this person. And and I also, you know, I will also say like I know that she did lose her mother and I, I don't want to be like, oh, she has no responsibility for the way she's acting. But when someone is grieving, they're probably not necessarily going to be at their on their best, quote unquote, behavior, being their best self. So I also think, like, again, give her a little time to, like, grieve and work through some things. And perhaps she could come back on the show. Like, I, I don't want to chalk it up to all of grief and all of that, but that does cause someone to act out in un, in extra uncharacteristic ways. Mm. And like, I am willing to give her, you know, a little bit of grace for that reason, but not when she just sort of weaponizes the fact that her mom yeah. died. If she could just like take a minute, take a breather, we can talk about, you know, a bun- you know, we can talk about it later. Yeah, I think that's a good point that whether or not you like her or not, she obviously did go through this tough thing and that 
maybe it's for the best for everyone for her to go and take some time, figure it out. I sort of, I, it almost has a similar vibe to when Dorinda got put on pause from New York, which ended up being a whole other thing. But like, that it's like, it's not, we're not banishing you because you're bad at this job or because we never want to hear from you again. It's like, we all collectively need to pause exactly, exactly. <laughs> that word that and word feels so loaded now after watching girls trip when it's like put them on pause put them on pause but it's yeah. like it does sort of feel like that right just take a break we could change it to taking a break which is fine humans need a break it's okay the i think part of it is like her ego but if she could kind of just go work some of those things out where we could be okay totally maybe she'll be on uh Girls Trip season five or six or something, and that'll be her soft relaunch. <laughs> she would be a great Girls Trip person. She just needs a little bit of like real therapy and like just just try it, you know. Totally. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty Pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and
and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. Okay, I want to talk about Real Housewives of Potomac. I know you are freshly caught up. We have uh, day three in Mexico to talk about. Um, Before we get into this episode specifically, what are you kind of vibing with this season? Like, how are you, do you have any strong feelings about any specific people or about the conflicts that we're having? (laughs) So, because I watched it so condensed, I can like bear, you know, I don't think about it in phases the way you think about right. a season that you've been watching on on time. I But I, okay, the one thing I do want to say is that this is actually the most perfect episode for me to be on this podcast for because it raises the past, this trip has raised a question about something that I have felt for a very long time, which is that I do not understand the passion and worship of Karen Huger. I think all of the I agree completely with all of the things that Robin said about her at the end of last episode. And I've always felt that way about Karen Huger, but I never understood why no one said it. So I'm thrilled to be speaking (laughs) about this. Finally, like, thank you. People are bringing up that Karen Huger is totally delusional I just could never really understand why she people were so obsessed with her. So, yeah, that's the that's the arc I am I am on right now, and I'm curious about this whole Juan Dixon thing. Um, I feel like I should read more into that on like you know a gossip site or something, but <laughs> I would love to know your uh, your take on all of that. Potomac is I feel like Potomac is one of the only shows where I watch it and I'm like. Damn, I gotta read the blogs more. <laughs> I gotta, yeah. I gotta hit the streets. <laughs> like, yeah, it's also one of the only shows where the in between feels like they're not posturing. Like when they're sitting at dinner and they're sitting down or sitting down for lunch, and when they're walking around, when they were walking around Tulum shopping, it felt like I can't explain it. Like it felt like they would be acting the exact same way if the cameras weren't there. Mm. is is and they're the only show that i feel like when you watch the girls in miami sit down like they're all very aware that they're sitting down for a filmed dinner the potomac women feel like they're just they're act they're sitting down then and they would be exact acting exactly the same regardless of yeah. the cameras maybe not I wonder, Hugo, though. <laughs> I wonder if there's something with potomac the fact that the cast has been so consistent obviously we still have our four yeah. OGs standing strong, but even people like uh, Candace and Wendy, probably everyone with the exception of maybe Mia, just because she's newer. I don't really think anyone in this cast is worried about their job security. I don't think anyone in this cast is kind of thinking about like, oh, I got it. I got to pull something out at this dinner. It feels like they all obviously they know when to bring it and they know when to really check in and go to the next level but on like a day-to-day basis like you said when they're just kind of shopping or getting into the meal before the conflict comes up it feels like everybody is really just comfortable existing in the space of being on the show and I think that it creates more opportunities for sort of organic conflict and things to arise like what's happening with Mia and Jacqueline 
I don't know how to explain it. I don't know all the roots of what's happening. Obviously, there are so many question marks there, but it doesn't feel like it's a performance for TV. It feels like it's some deep-rooted <laughs> reckoning that's happening in their relationship. And I think same with, in a different way, with Robin and Giselle and Karen. It's like they have so many layers and so many things that have gone on between them that when Robin is bringing up this stuff that she's like, I've been saying this about Karen for years. She really has been. There's no kind of like, oh, well, you know, I've said this before. It's like, no, we've literally listened to her say it about Karen for seven plus years on TV. So I think like what you were saying with Karen, I enjoy her a lot watching her on the show, but to me, it's undeniable that she's always been delusional. She's always had these kind of question mark things, like beliefs about herself, beliefs about her position within the group, her position within the community as a whole. And I think she, because she's, I don't know why, maybe it's because she's funny, maybe it's because she's perceived as like the grand dame and is like a little bit older. She gets some free passes that I don't think Giselle has ever gotten that it's like people will people will come for Giselle so much for being messy or for, you know, stirring the pot. And it's like, I think they all do it just the same. And I don't think this show would be the same if they weren't doing it. And so I'm thankful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Karen Huger like lies a lot or I don't know if she's like intentionally lying or if she's like kind of wrong, but she says a lot of false things. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, no, I see your your point totally. But that's what I've never understood. Like, why just because she calls herself the ground dumb, does that mean that like she is afforded some sort of like protection in the way that like Giselle would never get? People are always ready to clown Giselle for anything. And Karen, for some reason, maybe it is an age thing. I don't I don't know. I just never really got it. And I I never understood why people don't see that as like delusional and they accept it as like, yes, she says she's the grand dame. So like she is when there have been so many examples of just sketchy or provable false things she said. So I just mm -hmm. don't really. And she's always sort of like condescending other people's relationships when her relationship has a lot of questions as well. And I feel that this this episode was sort of just a microcosm of all those, you know, Karen Huger question marks that have already – that have come up throughout seasons. And I don't know. Can someone please explain – feel free to DM me. Explain to me why Karen Huger is appealing and why she's granted so much leeway. <laughs> yeah. I mean – this episode specifically, when she's bringing up the thing about Juan's friend who looks like her that he right. holds hands with on the streets of Georgetown, which is funny because it's so specific, but also so vague that it's like, oh, she kind of looks like me. They hold hands on the streets and it's like, did somebody see them at like, what restaurant did you see them at? Like, who is where is the photo the, we have so much? various proof of, you know, like Michael Darby was doing X, Y, Z at this hotel with this person and there's a photo or like this Vegas Karen. picture that gets passed yeah. around with the, the guy in the Redskins gear. It's like for the Robin, for the one about Juan's alleged girlfriend to be so like 
It's like very misty. And, you know, Candace acknowledges that she's read about it, too. But it's clear that both of them have just like read about it on a blog. And right. It's like she's the source of the thing you read. But can I ask you, do you think Juan Dixon, who is the star of a local Bravo show and also very big in the sports world, do you think that he's walking around Georgetown with a woman who's not his wife in public? Do you think that's likely? Yeah, that's what I appreciate about Candace because she's like, well, yeah, I heard this rumor. I read it. But like, I immediately have questions because why are you doing this in your own backyard? Go somewhere else if you're going to cheat or be discreet about it at least. And we've kind of we've had this thread happen on other shows before. But it's funny because Karen, who has been on the receiving end of so many rumors and things about she's cheating, Ray's cheating, who has a girlfriend, you know, blue eyes, whatever. She reads this rumor about Juan that immediately raised red flags for Candace and is like, well, we all know it's the damn truth and I'm going to bring it up and I'm not going to believe Robin if she says she didn't know. And it's like, what? You I are feel so. Like she made it up. Like I maybe. feel like she. I feel like she has. Maybe she even. I kind of feel like Karen has a thing for Juan, or wants Juan to have a thing for her, and she, her mind has sort of like painted, made up this story that Juan is into her, and maybe she made it up. Like you know how in in Beverly Hills they're like Lisa sold the story to the blogs. Like maybe Karen made it up. Or Karen's friend made it up. Who, like, th- that's kind of my feeling. It's like, I just don't really believe that Juan did this. And Karen, weirdly, like, the story is so vague and also weirdly about her. Um, <laughs> that police sketch thing that so they did. Funny. I, look. I'm the not going to say amazing on this show. I'm not going to say it doesn't look like Karen, but I will say if I were Karen. And this was the sketch they put together of somebody who was supposed to look like me. I would be horrified. (laughs) I'm a beautiful woman, Dylan. (laughs) That's also bizarre. It's just she's like, I'm a beautiful woman. Okay, so that means every. So by the fact that you're using that as the reasoning for why Juan would be attracted to you, that means every man is attracted to you. It's just like she lives in this world and like she's not she doesn't she actually is serious. And that's what I find, I think, so annoying (laughs) <laughs> that she actually believes that there's a possibility that Juan Dixon is interested in her or like some photocopy of her, you know, a facsimile <laughs> facsimile. Yeah, exactly. Oh um, well, you know, Juan did uh, hug her really tight and say he wants her to be their third. So that definitely Sen- happened. And sent her her vertebra her bruise back into her vertebrae. <laughs> like what? I'm like trying to picture the anatomy of this. I'm like, I'm that's like, not how bodies work, Karen. <laughs> like, do they like wrap? Like, do they like wrap around no. your back? <laughs> I think it's more like they inverted. You know? Okay. Like, oh, like a, a little like, con- concave. Okay. Yeah. Past that her sounds, ribs. You know. That sounds realistic. Yeah. That, that's why I'm like, she's just like making it up. Like, there's. Her brain is like a different, made of different stuff than everybody else. (laughs) Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? 
Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Splash refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin in orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. I want to talk about the evolving dynamic between Wendy and Mia because this week we kind of get the first real development in that story since they were in Miami and had their big fight and Wendy was kind of banished from the rest of the trip. So at the beginning of the episode, Giselle and Mia talk about what's going on with this and they agree that Wendy is jealous of Mia and that there's some kind of insecurity happening on Wendy's part. And this is what's fueling her issues with Mia. And I, do, I think I'm sort of aligned with Wendy in the jealous of what type of category because I just, I, I need like an explainer of why Giselle and Mia think that Wendy would be jealous of her. I also think Mia is sort of delusional and I don't, I don't know. This to me feels like a battle of egos, like whose ego can sort of, um, like outwit the others, but it doesn't, I, I don't know. Like they, neither one wants to, it doesn't seem like either one really wants to reconcile. I would say to your point about like, they all feel secure in their jobs and they don't feel like they need to bring fake drama. This feels to me not like fake drama, but like they're digging in their heels because they know that that is just what, what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. My, and just to add some, just some context to this, my interpretation of the Mia and Jacqueline fight is that Jacqueline thinks that Mia, that Mia's like ego has exploded since she's on the show. Like she's known her for 30 years. This is her best friend. She's obviously gone through some changes to be expected. She's also like kind of crazy, you know, like she, if you remember like how she came into the first season where she was like, I'm an entrepreneur and I have plastic Mm -hmm. surgery and she like listed all her shit. Like it was just so weird. And I feel like Jacqueline actually respects their friendship and doesn't want to like make this TV fodder. Mm. And Mia is like just ego ballooning. Yeah. And and no one can talk to her right now is my sense of it. 
I can see, I do think Mia has a very large ego. And so I think that is kind of a good representation of what's going on with her and Wendy that it's like, oh, well, like, I have, I'm an entrepreneur CEO. Well, okay, I'm uh, four degrees, professor, businesswoman, candles, might open a lounge with Peter Thomas. We're both career women. Okay, you're beautiful. Uh, my ass is fake. Oh, my ass is fake too. Like in this episode, they literally bond over the fact that they both have fake butts, which like, God love it. We, I, <laughs> Some of us need to be a, a, a wee bit more honest about the work we've had done, uh, Larsa Pippen. But yeah. look, I it is like funny to me that they are in a way so similar, but then I think also so different because Wendy's whole sensibility about, I think her cultural background has a lot of that kind of hard work ethos and just like you kind of always have to work hard, earn what you get, like always have to be doing 10 million things. And whether or not Mia has this CEO businesswoman image, she's still sort of like Wendy probably sees her as a little bit of a clown and like a trophy wife and maybe not having earned where what she's gotten. But when it comes down to it, you know, they're the two newer women in the cast. And so I think it's kind of natural that they're going to have this tension with each other. And I'm glad in this later half of the season that they're able to kind of have that tension and go back and forth a little bit without it being, without it pulling the group apart. Cause that was the issue right. in Miami that it's like, okay, Mia, you can't just send Wendy away for the rest of the trip because you don't like the way she spoke to you. Like you have to, you have to play along within the format. Right. <laughs> I, I, I don't like when, um, the, when seasons generally create like two sides just based on the fight of two people mm. and it's just like taking sides. So I do appreciate that to your point about how they're both the newer women and Wendy probably sees, sees Mia as like this trophy wife. I think that absolutely is sort of the crux of it. And Mia, and it's also Mia not wanting to admit to that reality. And I think that, Mia wouldn't find I think that they wouldn't necessarily be the two to to have the conflict isn't isn't only because they're new but because Wendy I think went through a lot of changes when she went on the show from being like this serious professor and like contributor on the news to being like uh, having more elements to her that are a little bit more shallow and typically associated with Bravo so I think that that is a part of it and that if Wendy had more I guess if Wendy had her stretched herself less thinly, I think Mia would not have necessarily like preyed on her particularly. Yeah. I, I do love Mia is like so delusional. And I mean, everybody talks about how she just lies all the time and stuff like that. I love so funny when she and Wendy sit down and she's like, I just don't really know, you know, like where did things go wrong between us? Like what, like, I don't even know how it started. And Wendy's like, girl, you threw a drink on me. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> She's like, what are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> like, that is the kind of thing where it's like, that's what I, that's the energy that I enjoy from Mia, where it's kind of like, I think her head is genuinely just in the clouds. And she's like, yeah, like, why are we even arguing anymore? And, she, and Wendy's like, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> Yeah, that was, um, th that is why Mia, I think, is a good housewife, that she is just sort of, she she's delusional in almost like a different way than Karen. I, I don't know how to like yeah. 
differentiated. It's almost like the old money and new money of delusion. Yeah. I think, I don't know. With Mia, it's a little bit more like playful almost where it's like she just will say something that pops into her head and it's like yeah whatever it's not that serious like I just say what I want to say whereas with Karen it's a little bit like no these I'm standing 10 toes down in my beliefs and you will not try to tell me that I'm wrong and it's like no that's literally a lie (laughs) yes exactly exactly totally I'm curious just one last thing going back to Karen and Robin a little bit uh, what do you feel about Karen's obsession at this point with Robin's wedding plans? <laughs> oh, my God. That is that feeds in. It's just like one tentacle of the whole thing. And I think, again, like, why is she? I don't know why she's so obsessed. I understand why Robin wants to do this, like, low key thing. Maybe I wouldn't have done it, like, during my brother-in-law's wedding. But I do understand why she's like, okay, this is our second wedding to each other. We have kids. We've been in, you know, it took us forever to do all of this. We don't need to do another blowout thing and, like, spend all, like, the money on that and add the stress to our lives. And, like, Robin doesn't strike me as someone who's being low-key just to, like, to either hide something or to perform low-keyness. She genuinely does seem like this person to me who would probably do this if there were no cameras also. And so I I don't see why – why is Karen so obsessed? Like if you're registered, I'll believe it. Does she mean registered like your license for marriage is registered or you have a registry? I thought about that too. The thought crossed my mind. I think she means like if it's a legal wedding, like if if you – Literally, okay. I mean, do you get sure. married or not? Yeah, I agree with you that it does seem to me authentic on Robin and Juan's part that they just don't care that much. Because you and know, Bravo would take care of it, and she was probably like, "No, I don't want you to. Like, just we want to do this chill thing." Right. It's it's almost like when you said she would be doing the same thing if she weren't on TV. It's like. I think the the trend actually is in the opposite direction, that you're doing a bigger thing than you normally would because there's the chance to be on TV. And people will, I mean, people literally go into debt over parties and weddings and stuff that they're doing in large part because they want to show off on TV. And so I think it's, in in a sense, it's kind of admirable, but at the very least, it's just like a good choice for Robin that she's not having some big wedding just because, you know, people are going to be like, why aren't you having a wedding? Because you're on a TV show. And she's like, I, I don't care. Right. Like, it's when still you annoying. About, you still have to deal with it, even if when, <laughs> you're on the TV show. When you think about the fact that it's not just their second wedding, but it's like their second wedding to each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's right. a whole different dimension than like, oh, yeah, I've been married before. But like, this is a new person. It's like starting fresh in my life and whatever. I'm excited. It's like, no, literally they never really uncoupled. They just got divorced. Right. right. And also, if you think back on Karen's vow renewal, vow renewal, it's not like Karen isn't throwing glass st- stones from inside her glass house. It's like she doesn't have the – she definitely has some questions surrounding her own marriage. She throws this, like, huge tacky vow renewal with truly one of the most ugly dresses. I. This is another thing. Like, I just think she has the most terrible fucking taste. And, like, I <laughs> – I do not I I don't even like hate her. I just need someone to explain it to me. <laughs> I need someone to explain to me why she thinks she's special. You know? So my my whole point is 
she probably feels like, oh, like I threw this vow renewal and there's still all these. No, maybe she's too delusional to even be aware of that. But it subconsciously probably presents as a challenge as the person who did throw the huge vow renewal mm. and still has like photos of her with blue eyes or whatever. Yeah, I think it's partially it's that because Robin has gone through a lot of different phases of this wedding planning, what she wants to do for her wedding, what she says she wants to do, when is it going to happen? There has been a lot of back and forth. And that for Karen, somebody who loves to chase a bone, this comes across as Robin being cagey or having something to hide or misrepresenting her relationship. And, you know, there's this girlfriend and X, Y, Z. When really, to me, like, if you take a step back, it feels like we're just watching Robin kind of go through a natural process of you get engaged. It's exciting. Everybody tells you you're supposed to have this big wedding and the pandemic happens. So obviously you're not going to do it yet. And then you're it's two years later and you're realizing that you don't actually give a shit. And why am I going to spend a hundred thousand dollars plus on something I don't give a shit about? Also just, it's so unnecessary. And so I think Karen sort of sees every detail that she uncovers about Robin's wedding process as like a means to an end, like a fact finding expedition where it's really just pretty plain and simple. Like Robin realized Robin doesn't want to have a wedding. <laughs> also, like uh, Karen probably thinks Juan is hot. Like I, I'm, I'm now more and more sure that like Karen like is really kind of like a little bit into Juan. Not that she's like jealous. But, like, she definitely wants Juan to be into her or, like, something. But the the other piece is that, like, what Robin's actually doing for her wedding, when you think about it from a, like, normal non-Bravo standpoint, this is a very nice thing for her to be doing. It, you literally live with kids that you've been raising that you had together since your first wedding. You've been through a lot of stuff. Maybe trying to not do it for a crowd and just having it a private be a private family moment is is what you want to show your kids that like you know they film their whole lives there's all they're constantly affected by like the stories about their relationship and their family maybe they want maybe she wants to show her kids that there is something private and sacred and maybe she's not saying that on the show because she doesn't want to like insult the fact of filming the show while she's on the show. But maybe in the back of her mind, she really feels like there's there's something just because I'm on the show doesn't mean that there can't be something private and sacred mm. and like non-performed. That's just like us and our family. And maybe she wants to start this. This leg of their marriage <laughs> off on a better foot. Yeah, I have to imagine when you've been on a show for a long time, it can sort of feel like you're cheating on the show by doing anything major in your life when the cameras aren't around. And we, I mean, we see all the time people planning these vow renewals and stuff where it's like, uh, even if you kind of maybe would have wanted to do it otherwise, the point of having the big event is for the TV show. The point of going on these trips is for the show. The point of, you know doing xyz even just like the idea of it as a friend group is all for the show and thinking about somebody like robin the age that her kids are she's been on this show pretty much as long as they can remember and it does seem like you're 
it's kind of making a statement without saying anything that it's like, I'm not going to, it's not like I'm going to have this huge wedding and just like tell Bravo they can't come film. It's like, we're not even going to do that. Like, we're not even going to give them an opportunity. We're not going to, I'm curious, like, are they going to have like a people exclusive of their photos or anything? It is, it's strange because they're talking about getting married in July and this would have been like last July. And I don't think we ever heard about this at the time. So So I'm wondering, I'm wondering whether they did it at all or not. Cause if they didn't, I'm sure that will be another topic of conversation for Karen, but it is like, maybe they're waiting to, maybe they have photos. Maybe they didn't even get a photographer. Maybe they just had their kids take photos. Maybe it really like, cause she was talking to this planner and she was, she wasn't even like, I want to go eat a lunch after, you know what I mean? She was like, she really seems to just want to be like, well, I think the question that Karen's really asking, like, are you registered, like licensed? That is actually the question, to be honest. Right. Um, but to your point about like people doing things for the show, even once you know you're doing something for the show, every question then becomes, every decision then becomes fil- put through the filter of for the show. So mm-hmm. you literally can't create something. You end up creating something totally different than what you would have created if there were no show. Because everything is like, how will this look on the show? Will this create a moment for the show? Like, I I think that's part of it also. Because then you can't focus on anything. Nothing else can become like your supreme, you know, deciding factor other than the show. Right. Even if you choose the same dress you would have chosen, the same decorations you would have chosen it's all you can't not think about the fact that it's like okay there's gonna be cameras everywhere uh, you know they're gonna be like showing me beforehand they're gonna be i i'm gonna make sure that I, like you know it's it's not yes. something that you can just like pretend doesn't exist even if you're still enjoying it in an authentic way ask kyle and amanda maybe they can yeah it's kind of a <laughs> it's kind of a Interesting, because we just found out last week on Real Housewives of Miami that Marisol and her uh, husband, Steve, are not legally married, which was surprising to me and kind of like fun. I don't know. It's like, yeah, they just like went to Mexico and did what they wanted to do. And it's like, okay, whatever. So then you did it only for the show. No, they're not. They're not. They That was before. I think it was before the reboot happened. It wasn't filmed. So Uh, like. okay, so they only just did it for 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 that for to. I don't know. Just to, <laughs> like to a, do a fake wedding for yourself. To have like a commitment ceremony. I don't know. Okay, fair. I don't think they fair. invited people. Like they just kind of like uh, had a I wedding kind of in Mexico. Pictures of it. Maybe there that's are, why I'm like. There are some when pictures. Did I see pictures of it. It was like last year, I think. 2021, though, maybe. Did they show <laughs> the pictures know. on the show? Probably. Where did I? I okay, I don't even like remember. <laughs> But okay, that's time interesting. Is a, time is a flat circle. Maybe I don't it's because maybe know. it's because like there was an issue with the like licenses because they did it in Mexico. Maybe like they didn't look into that. They could have called Gertie. <laughs> yeah, Gertify this fake wedding, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did okay, wait. So Gertie Gertie did your wedding. Yes. Yeah. Correct. So she was actually the day of coordinator. So I had like a COVID small wet. I mean, it wasn't right. like small, small, but it was like an outdoor 50 person wedding during COVID, um, like the first summer. And basically, she, like it what didn't require as much planning because it was like fairly yeah. straightforward. 
Um, but she did. She like coordinated on the day of. Um, so, yeah, she was there. It was definitely she was definitely added some fun energy to the wedding because, you know, you have a, <laughs> it's like it was like all family and like a few friends for each of us. And she was like, you know, on her on one. It was really fun. Yeah. She, yeah. She was like, I'm going to go to buy this backyard wedding if it's yeah. the last thing I do. And she did. And she did. I mean, we, she obviously like helped plan. We, because we didn't have like a dance floor because of COVID, we did this thing where people just like danced on their chairs with like sparklers, like a, yeah. you know, like at a beach club type of thing. So right. she was, she was kind of like, she helped me pull that off. Um, what else did she? Yeah, my my sisters in law were like, "Who is this person? Like, where did she? Where did she come from?" I'm like, they. I mean, they loved her. They were like, "She's so fun." But they were like, "This is not. She is not like any wedding planner I've ever met." Let's just. It is, that was their reaction. It is so interesting. What? Not that I've had like super close friends beyond reality TV, but it's like I've you know I've like known people you that have done them. shows. It's always strange watching kind of the it's like a heightened reality from what I what I have experienced. It's like most people are pretty much themselves on TV, but just in a way that's like ever so slightly turned up or like you just like see a different side or it's a little more polished or sometimes a little less polished even maybe that it's like, oh, yeah, okay. She's exact. I would say she is very, very, very close to what she's like in person on TV. She also did Aileen's wedding. And that was more of like mm-hmm. an actively planned wedding where like there was a, an, a run of show and a rehearsal <laughs> and like a line for the bridesmaids doing the, the procession. And she was like in that one, she was, you know, in in planning mode. In mine, I think she was more like, um, you know, this is pretty smooth. It's not that big. There's not really like that much of a schedule. So, I mean, she was just like fun. She was kind of, she kind of made it just like more of a vibe. So I almost, I feel like I would watch like a spinoff of her doing her job. What about like a Tabitha salon show? But yeah, but something. Yeah. That I she's think like, she she's like be... this. This wedding needs my help. I'm gonna Gertify it. Yeah. You know who? You know who else was on? Was on um Gertified. That would be a great title for for a, for a Peacock show. Peacock. <laughs> we'll produce it with Betch's Brides. Um, Ooh. Right. We could you know, all the best ideas. You know, they, people should just mine these yeah. podcasts for ideas <laughs> for shows. I know you and Taylor had a really good one. I'm like a while back. I'm forgetting what it was. Um, oh, another yeah. person who was who did both mine and Eileen's wedding like decor was Josh Spiegel from Birch who was on the show. Um, I think they show him doing Alexia's flowers. Oh. He So he was on it too. He's um, he just does like the most over the top stuff. And yeah, I mean, it's cool, but you know, it's very like just wild. So he did, he did mine and Eileen's both. Yeah. So. Um, Gertie has been on the Betches Brides podcast before. Like yeah, a long time she, ago, but she'll be she she may or may not be making an appearance on this podcast coming soon. So lots okay. more Gertie to come. More Gertie to come. More Gertie to come. Yeah. <laughs> um. Are, before we go, is there any like who's your favorite on Real Housewives of Miami right now? I'm just curious. Hmm. Let me think. Probably Nicole. Um. 
Am I forgetting anyone? It's not Marisol. It's not Adriana. It's not Julia. Who else is on it? Who am I like forgetting? Like Larsa, Lisa. No, it's not. It's not them. Alexia. No, no it's not. Ale- <laughs> it's definitely Nicole. It's definitely Nicole. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole. I mean, Nicole's having a great season. I think of the of the newer generation on Miami, she's just like, she feels like she's locked into place. And I, it's really enjoyable. She's just like a solid pick, you know, for, for the show, I would say. She's just like the kind of person who you're like solid pillar of a cast member, you know, to get in there, especially once you have like established, you know, pretty established people. Miami's a great show. Miami is like what Salt Lake City, I think, was trying to be. Mm. But I think it really helps because similar to Potomac and also similar to New York before the past season, um, the women really know each other. So they actually socialize. They would actually be at the same parties. And that, I think, gives it like an authenticity that is just creates like a more natural. Yeah. A better show. Totally. Yeah. I think they I mean, their group is just spot on and I think like you said with Salt Lake it's like Salt Lake has had some really great moments but when it comes down to it and what we're uh dealing with now is just that the the group just isn't quite there like the the relationships they they don't like each other the size of the group even is just lacking you know it just is uh there's not enough fertile ground to to pull from exactly the the problem is that they don't like each other and when they fight they like don't want to make up (laughs) <laughs> so right then it's like like lisa has no reason to be like oh i love meredith i think we could be besties again because she's like i don't care yeah like they they are a little too like they're not really bonded enough so i don't yeah. know there has to be like something there th- like for something to they be take broken too seriously yeah I think. Everything yeah, is it's just like, taken a little too seriously, so it makes it hard to, like, move forward. Totally. Uh, well, I'm glad you were able to come here and chat today because we had a lot to talk about. And, of course, you're welcome back anytime. Uh, I'm Sandy, excited. Thanks so much. Of course. Let me know when, we are, when we're doing this again. I will stay on track this time. <laughs> For sure. Uh, before we go, tell everyone where they can follow you, listen to you, all that stuff. You can follow me on Instagram at Sammy, on TikTok or Twitter. I, why am I promoting Twitter at Sammy Sage Says? <laughs> but just because it's the same the same handle. And um, you can listen to me every morning on the morning announcements, five minutes-ish, um, about where I break down every headline of the day that you need to know and add some snarky commentary uh, from a biased opinion. So that's it. Yeah. Amazing. Sammy, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show so you never miss an episode. We have some very exciting guests and things coming up. So you're not going to want to miss a single episode. So make sure you're following, subscribed, whatever the button says, click it. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. You can follow me at Dylan Hafer. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter.
Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Batches.